No, inglés, no. John Tellerico can take you to a place inside yourself that you can't go by yourself. You know, Michael Jordan's called a great basketball player. Never won a championship without Phil Jackson. When you have a coach, you learn techniques and strategies that will help you to begin to go to new heights and have major breakthroughs. John Tellerico, he's a specialist in that area. He has changed my life in so many ways, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Akon. Listen, if you're going through something in life, man, and you look and you, you don't feel like you're actually moving with passion and whatever your endeavors are, reach out to my man, John. What we do is we don't give up. We show up and we start to understand that there is a common denominator to success. So when you declare it, know that it's true. And then what you do, you take action. How do you take action? By doing things contrary to what you've done to this moment. Because you're going somewhere now you've never gone before. So you have to be willing to do things you've never done before. Remind yourself each and every day, you're dying for what you don't want. Die for what you want. Go all in. We have to order our thinking first. Heaven's first law is order. You have to order your thoughts. And then you have to order your behavior. John Tallarico is without question one of the most beautiful human beings that I have met. He is the star in our company. An absolute star. He helps more people understand how to set and accomplish great goals than probably anybody I work with. And now, Damon, what do you see as the biggest mistake entrepreneurs make in terms of chasing or securing outside investment funding? We're going to get financial intelligence in those areas. We're going to get mentors and people who are looking for people of color to bring up the board or if you're a CEO. The world will be your oyster. You can pick any goal, health, wealth, relations, career, business, finances, charity, and you'll be able to achieve them. And that's what I want for you. So. That's awesome, John. Where can they go to get intersized, John, and, and more stuff about you? Grateful for you, John. Thank you for your time. Yeah, how you doing, Brian? Good to see you again. I've just been going over all my notes and everything because you asked me to speak on a subject that has changed my life and which I love and which I've taught a million people without exaggeration. So. I thank you for having me. Another Wednesday in the house, and I'm Hadija Toto. I'm Amina Inspires. And I'm Garrett Goggins. Yes, and welcome to the Million in You Lifestyle. Today is such an exciting day, and today's topic that we're going to be talking about is all about self-image. So let's just go ahead and get started. Um, I want to welcome everybody 
to everything. And make sure y'all go to jtlive.com to join the Ultimate Success Accelerator, which is the five days with five success leaders to quantum leap your income and amplify your success starting August 2nd, which is next week. So be sure to sign up. We have Sonia Riccati, which is the world's leading bounce back expert. On day two, we have Doug Dane, who's the world's leading bounce back expert, AKA masterful in sales. We have uh, Alicia Little, who is a marketing expert. And we have Mr. John Tallarico, which as you know, is the world's top results coach. And last but not least, we have the godfather of motivational speaking, Mr. Les Brown joining us today. I'm excited. That is a whole lineup. Oh my gosh. You guys better sign up. Join us. It's going to be such an incredible, incredible time. It is. Hey, Joe. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How y'all doing? So we can go ahead. So I'm going to open up the the floor to y'all. What is self-image to you? Self-image, uh, this is to me the end-all be-all of um, pieces when we go for personal discovery, personal development. I don't, I refuse to word, use the word personal development so much except for when I'm explaining because it's always personal discovery. If you do personal development right, you begin to discover who it is you believe yourself to be and who it is you want to be. And, that's all self-image. That's everything has to do with self-image. And I can pretty much, I'm yeah, pretty much willing to bet that if you're stuck somewhere in life, like if you find yourself plateauing at a place and in your, you know, goal achievements or when you're chasing your dreams, ambitions, that self-image is going to have a huge piece to play and why you're stuck at that place. And I think it, it's really about the boundaries of self-accomplishment. Like it's how far will you go? Well, you can only go as far as you believe. So it's that image of yourself. So we have like, you know, the outer self-image and then the inner self-image. And it's really that inner person that controls everything. So, you know, you might show up as one person and you might be confident and loud and, you know, portray, act as if that you are that person. But on the inside, you might actually be really scared. And ultimately, it doesn't matter what you pretend to be because you, like Dr. G said, because you haven't changed that inner self-image, you're never going to be able to outperform. You're going to be at that plateau. You're going to think, okay, what's going on? I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything. But it really is that internal success mechanism. And as Dr. Maxwell Maltz explains in Psycho-Cybernetics, it is like, it just sets the temperature to everything. And it's so, so powerful. And it it never deviates. Like it doesn't matter how far you go, you always make your way back to that course, that self, that core self image. So it's so important to have a self image that defines who you are and who you want to be. Something that's like, you know, your, your highest version of yourself. And we go back to the life script, really writing that out in detail knowing okay if i'm if i'm acting in accordance to that person how does that person show up and just really mirroring that absolutely i love both of y'all's answer i i love to see self-image as uh, the physical picture of the paradigm in which we have 
And, you know, it, it's, it's just a reflection like of what's inside. And it, it determines all that you do. It determines your belief. It determines what you know, right? And the thing about self-image is it's, it's important because it's how you project out. It's how you, how you show up in the world how you choose to show up, what you dress, what you look like, how like what you smell like. That's all part of the image, but not just the external work, but the internal work as well. Like what you were just saying, like, are you confident or are you faking the funk? <laughs> faking the funk. I love it. Love it. Because <laughs> most people are faking it. Well, then a lot of times they don't even know. I think that there's a faking piece where you're like trying to portray something that you're not. But then there's a, there's a piece that... Um, Self-image goes more into what you believe yourself to look like or, or this image that you have yourself. Like if you're carrying around things like blockages, like if, if you are holding on to guilt, if you're holding on to all these things, there's a self-image that comes along with that because, I mean, and guilt was a huge part of my journey, right? In, in, my, in my transition to being, you know, who I am today, I had to get rid of guilt because what guilt does is it makes you believe that you're not worthy and that's a self-image so you, it's the guilt piece right but the outcome of guilt is you you know feeling like i don't deserve to have success in life i don't deserve this because there's something about my past or whatever that is um is really holding me back and so the guilt there's things like that that you may not know you're even carrying guilt around but that self there's self-reflection that you can do in your journey that will bring that to light so but there, so there's that piece but a lot of times people are really like you said faking the funk they're trying to portray something that they're not and your results are always going to tell the lie right they're going to tell the will tell the truth the lie that living, so the results are always going to tell the lie so i got a question just because Garrett, you made that point. So what is the difference between acting as if and faking the funk? Well, I don't like the term acting as if. Mm. I get it where people are coming at, it's, it's living from the end, right? But we're talking about a belief system. So self-image is a belief. It's not a, you know, so if I, if I truly believe myself to be the person that I'm acting, then it's not a lie because it's, it's truth to me. And that, but, but that belief is going to change the inside. So when we act as if or live from the end, or I just say step into that individual, because then you're becoming that person and it's no longer a lie. You are that person. And really, if you think about it, and I'll say this every day, twice on Sunday, that those these people that we're trying to step into, that's that's truly who we are. That's our, our higher self, our spiritual self saying, we need to express as this, because this is this is our true identity, our, our authentic self. But if we haven't come to grips with that, then we're lying to ourselves. We're saying, I, I, I am this, but this isn't in agreement with that. So does that make sense? That's my, my outtake on it anyways. Yeah. Amina? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I muted myself. <laughs> um, I disagree a little bit, Dr. G. I think there's an element where you have to act as if. Um, and I say that just as part of my story because the self-image that I had was, you know, 
a very culturally minded self-image where, you know, uh, be seen and not heard was kind of the main thing, be seen and not heard. So for me to then to step out of that, I had to act as if I did, I wasn't that person. I had to act as if I didn't have these like feelings of, and like you said, it's these limiting beliefs. Like for you, it was guilt. For me, it was this statement of I'm not enough. And I would repeat that to myself and I would feel like, you know, even though I was coming in and then I was being myself, there was always this thing that made me go back to I'm not enough. And it's the self-image that always shows the results, like you said. And I realize, okay, I keep living into this. I keep living into this. I keep living into this. And it's just, it's it's like a self-fulfilling, like, doom. It's just doom. Because you create it. You, there's this belief in, in your self-image, the person you think you are, that is sabotaging you. And it's like, do you want to be a friend to yourself or do you want to be an enemy to yourself? And when you make that decision, okay, this is the person I want to become, you, for me, there was an element of I had to act as if I had to fake a part of me so that I could now embody this new self image. And then once I embody that person, now I am. And yeah, it's just I, from that. I get the concept. I really do. But again, but I think to my point, though, to an extent, you're faking it. You're faking it till you make it type situation. But or do you faith it until you make it? And Ooh, I think I like there's, that. <laughs> there, there's a difference. And and I so I understand what you're saying. I really do. But so what was the truth, though? Like, let, let's talk, really get into that. So the truth wasn't that you weren't good enough. The truth is that you were and you had to come in line with with the truth. But now. So walking as if in my is you're stepping into the truth. Right. But there's there's a that's even that's doing things in a certain way as well. In my mind, when I'm trying to distinguish between the, the, the other aspect is I have no intention of being anybody different. I'm just portraying this idea that, oh, I'm, I'm this guy, but I'm not doing any internal work. And that person that is not who I'm trying to portray is that that's the lie, right? But when you walk into that, when you step into the, the truth, then it, it doesn't become a lie anymore because you're doing the internal work. And, and I, so I guess that's really my thing. But I get, the, I get the concept of act as if. I just think about it differently. And um, Yeah, I have a I think that helped me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I have a question. So both of you all are saying like similar things, but different concepts of the semantics of how you're interpreting it. And so just getting into the semantics of like the specific words, I think where you're going along with it, Dr. Gary, is more like, you know, like it's the, the process, right? It's like, you know, like you can't, like like you said, faith it till you make it. Whereas I think what I'm interpreting from what Amina's saying is more so like belief. So then is there a difference between, does the belief play a part of the self-image of the, because it seems like, Amina, like what you were saying was you had to fix your belief system through means of affirmations. Yeah. So it was a way, it, so you you had to use tools and affirmation tools or affirmation techniques in order for you to believe your way into the results that you were seeking to improve that self-image. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I realized that there was this there was this part of me in my self-image 
And that's why I kept getting the same results, getting stuck in the same cycle, thinking, oh my God, I'm doing everything. I'm reading all the books. I'm going to, but why is nothing changing? Like, and you get excited. You're like, oh, like what is happening? And it's that frustration. You, you feel it, but it's that deep subconscious belief. And that's what it is. The subconscious mind, like totally deductive. It's going to give you whatever you plant into it. And if you keep planting in that, I'm not enough, I'm not enough, I'm not enough. It doesn't matter how many times you say I'm enough or how many times you pretend, it's gonna give you more of that I'm not enough. Even on a deep subconscious level, you might even be radiating that energy. So you can come in and act as if or whatever, but people still feel that, oh, like you're, you seem like you're overcompensating. You seem like you're, you're doing too much. Um, so for me, I had to really unpack that and ask myself like, where did that come from? Like, at what point did I tell myself I'm not enough? Because it was at that moment that that seed was planted and it was kind of like just unpicking that completely and then using the power of affirmations to reverse it. Going, doing the mirror techniques, believing it, saying it with feeling, conviction, emotion over and over and over again. And that's what's really like changed um, my self-image paradigm because I like to think of it as, as part of like the whole web so yeah, that's what changed that part of the self-image paradigm. Just actually going in and saying, okay, and there's some structural work here that's not that's not serving me anymore. So I need to fix it. <laughs> like just dig it out and start again. Let me ask you just because I'm curious as for your journey and, and Hadija, you as well. When when you're going through the self-image piece, when you're fixing the self-image, when you're when you're discovering the truth that we're talking about here and you're using these, aff these affirmations, did you have a distinct, like you woke up one day and you were like, ah, I, I'm enough. Or was there, was there something that, that held the mirror to you that says, wow, I don't know when I got to this point, but I, I really am enough. Does, does that make sense? Like, was there a, what was the, the, um, that aha moment that all the work that you were doing actually shifted your self-image. Please, do you want to go? Yeah, sure. So for me, I was, I actually shared, it's so funny. I actually shared this with Amina the other day. For me, it was when I was in a beauty pageant and I was the biggest one. And I mean, in terms of weight. I was the heaviest one and there was a bunch of women in size, you know what I'm saying? Threes and fours and biggest size six. And here I was in a size 16, you know, and in the winter 18, depending on how much food I decided to eat that winter. And so, you know, with that kind of competition and I knew there was going to be a bathing suit scene and I knew there was going to be all these scenes. And I was like, quite like, I always used to find beauty pageants disgusting and grotesque. Um, and so I was like, I'm not participating in that. And my friend was like, no, like, I really think that you can win this thing. Like, I, and I was like, it's not about winning, it's the principle. So I go in there and, you know, there's an interview process and they're, they're like, you know, why do you want to be a, you know, the pageant queen? And I was like, to be honest, I don't believe in this cause, but I also noticed that you don't got no girls that look like me. And you don't have any women on stage who represent what a, what what real women look like. Not all women are a size three and a size four. That's that's not that's not real. Like and and you see it in magazines. Yeah, they exist. But come on, if if majority of America is obese, you're not representing what America looks like. And 
I was like, and second thing, I need to learn how to have more grace. And I need to learn how, and I know that's hard to believe, you know, now because I've grown up so much. But um, having the grace and, you know, like grace and just like, I want to be more graceful. I want to learn. I didn't even know how to walk in heels. So when I told them that they were laughing and they were like, oh my gosh, like, you don't know how to walk in heels. And I was like, y'all, that's why I'm really here. I need to learn how to walk in heels. And so when I walked into the practice room for the first day when all the girls met each other. I walked in, I looked around, and I started tearing up. And I walked out and I started crying. And I had a talk with myself and with Allah and I was like, I don't think this is for me. I was like, these women are gorgeous. There's no way. You know, I think I've always had the concept of living to the end. So I was like, there ain't no way that I'm I, I'm winning this. There's no way. Well, as we kept going and, and we would practice together and week by week, it, it wasn't a competitive, they weren't catty women. They were all women who had their platforms and were quite empowering. And sure, they weren't the ones eating pizza and stuff backstage, but they gave their pizza to me, which was awesome because I was like, look, I'm already popping out of everything. So forget it. You know what I'm saying? Give me y'all some subway since y'all don't want to eat the carbs, you know? Uh, anyways, so we we get on the stage and the day of the show happens. And after we've been practicing and my biggest fear happened was that I, I fell in, in my heels in the middle of us practicing. So I was excited about that that happened because I knew it was bound to happen. So I was glad it was happening in practice. And what I noticed was all of the girls were insecure. All of the women were insecure. All of them, even the most gorgeous, beautiful one that I thought was the most gorgeous, I was like, she's winning this competition. There's no way she's not. She's winning this competition. She's she has she's a dancer, she has this nice body, her gown is gorgeous, like she's winning this. And you know, uh, we called her Sita, and she called me uh, she called me uh Toto. That's kind of how I got the name Toto, actually. And she was like, Toto. And I was like, Sita. And, and she taught me how to do the dances. She taught me how to walk in heels. There was a lot of time that I spent with these women that uplifted me. And so long story short, that's still going to be long, is like, <laughs> it's like when, when they walked through the process and I saw how insecure they were too. And I was cheerleading them on. I was like, come on, girl, let's get it. You got it. And it was like, oh my gosh, we're all insecure about something. Here I was insecure about my weight. And I didn't need to, I didn't need to be like, you know, swimsuit scene came in, honey, killed the show. Okay. They were like, yes. And I was like, yeah, look at all this body. You know what I'm saying? But it was just like in that, in that moment, it was just like, and put in context, this was before I re like reverted, but like going back there, I remember like I told Sita, I told the girl that I thought was gonna win. I told her, I said, I'm not giving this to you easy. I'm just letting you know. And she was like, that's okay, Toto. You don't have to give it to me easy. And I was like, I'm just letting you know, competition is on. So, you know, the speech came and like the heaviest portions of the talent, I mean, of the thing was talent and business speech. And 
you know, talent was me singing. I killed that joint. And speech, I mean, I was always a motivational speaker, so killed that joint too. And so it was like, because of those things, and then also the other things, we got on stage, they announced the winner, and I was looking around like, for what? They were like, you know, Hadija, Toto, you win. And I was like, me? For what? Why y'all choose me to win? And they were like, Miss Congeniality, best talent. And I just walked, I had all the trophies at the end of the night. And I was like, how did this happen? Like, you know, because it was like, at that point I was just having fun. Cause I was like, I'm not gonna win this thing, but I, I'm damn sure you're gonna give her a run for her trophies. But what I didn't realize was my, it was my trophy to be had. And then on top of that, the next year, you know, cause you pass the crown on to the next Queens, the next year, all of the girls that tried out were a size 12 and above. And what I realized in that moment was, oh my gosh, I literally changed the culture of this pageant. And then when I came back the next year, of course it was, you know, back to the same old regular thing, but it was like, you know, having that, you being yourself gives other people permission to be themselves. And that's when I really, really learned that of like, wow, I can, I can be whatever size I, I it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter because what people are looking for is me. So that was, that was what, that was my aha moment, Gary. Mm -hmm. I love it. That was a that was a beautiful story, actually. Very much so. Yeah, that that was so powerful. That was so powerful, and it shows the power of self image. Mm -hmm. um, for me, <laughs> I actually told you to this recently. So I used to have an alter ego. <laughs> so what I did was, <laughs> when your girl wanted to, you know, be a bit more free or be a bit more authentic, should I say? I would create this person. And her name was Shaniqua. <laughs> Don't call on her, because she might come out. <laughs> but she is the loudest person in the room. She is confident. And I built her in my head. And, you know, when we would go to these weddings or we'd go to, like, these uh, dinners where it's all ladies, I would come out with my big purple wig, dressing the way I want. I got the dark purple lipstick. Sometimes it's even black because that's how I feel. <laughs> and I come out with all that I really, truly wanted to be. But it, it was that that image that I created of Shaniqua that gave me permission to be myself. And I realized, oh my God, I love this person. Oh my God, she's so amazing. <laughs> and I realized I was just falling in love with the parts of Amina that I'd never expressed. I was falling in love with all these different parts that I had judged about myself. Like, even before people judged me, I was like, uh-uh, that's too much. Mm -mm, you're too loud. Oh, my God, you need to calm down. You bring in too much energy that, you know, going back to be seen and not heard. So that was always playing in the subconscious. And I realized, like, coming out to these parties and going to these birthdays and actually being this character, that people just loved me even more. They were like, I like this girl. Oh, my God. And people just asked, like, do you want to come out? Do you want to do this? Like, when Shaniqua come out? I said, like, she'll come back later. Like, I would literally pretend, act as if I was this whole character. I loved being her because she gave me that permission 
just that complete permission to be myself. And then I got to a point where I was like, hey, like, I love this person, but I want to be her, be her, be her all the time. And I realized, like, I didn't need the wigs, I didn't need the makeup, I didn't need all the other stuff, that character stuff, and I could just show up as myself, and that was enough. And it was just really realizing, like, what I learned is, like, drag queens have incredible self-image. Like, if you want to learn about self-image, you need to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like, I don't watch TV anymore, but I used to love and live for that. I was like, wow, these people come in as one, one person, but they believe they, they're someone else. And then, they, whoa, and it opened my mind to, oh my God, I get to change the narrative. I'm in charge around here. And when I really just became self-empowered and realized, actually, I don't need this wig. I don't need these accessories. I don't need all this stuff to feel like who I truly am. And then I just started showing up as Amina. Like, hey, I'm still Amina. I'm still loud. Even though, you know, you girls just about five foot. (laughs) You're all going to know and hear me the whole night and the whole way through. Because I got six foot personality. That's, That's just me. But I realized like I didn't need all those things. I realized I didn't need all those characteristic things. I could just be that authentic self. And that is the power of self-image. Like you can completely shift and change into someone and just build that self-confidence. Yeah, no, that's that. So I I love that because I I think it, how do I want to say this? You, people want to put on the costume right and i'm just coming back full circle here it's it's we're trying to portray something that we want to be but on the inside we're not right and there's that awareness piece this is like well i can be though i can be whomever i want to be and and whatever i want to be and whatever that looks like and so these things that you're finding appealing about yourself that you're scared to express to the world or whatever, that's, it's still you, it's you. And be, that's the, uh, the authentic self. And see, that was always there. Like it, it was always there. And so that was, I, th- I think I'm trying to, ha- I'm trying how it makes it making sense in my mind, but I'm trying to put it out there that just, just embody it because the, yeah. the true version of who you are, who you want to be, it's already there. You yeah. just have to embody it, and when you have, and I and to Hadija to answer your question, or belief has everything to do with it because it's never going to happen until you shift. And that's why I asked the question: What was the shift? Because when you believed it, it was it, and that was very is a very interesting thing. My belief was really weird because um, I wasn't sure. I just, and maybe it's just how I went through it. Like my journey was, I just knew that if I embody the person that I wanted to be. If I just woke up every day and every time I took a step, I was that person. I was that person. I am that person. I even was. I, I mean, because I am now. I am that person. But I told myself the I am. And um, we can get into the power of that because th- to me, the I am statements are just crazy, insane, powerful. But I would literally, God. I would go through my whole day. I would brush my teeth going, I'm brushing my teeth as this dude that I that I am. This is who I am. It, I embodied everything, how I made my breakfast, 
that was the person. I I just didn't. I had no other. There was no fallback. I I couldn't be this other person anymore. I had to be this this person that I was seeing in my mind, and I would envision myself being on stage. I would envision myself. I mean, for a lot of people who don't know, I had major anxiety issues. So I'm social anxiety. I couldn't talk on the phone. This little piece right here would have never happened because I just I was so introverted. So you know. I would, if I would go to networking events, I would be in the corner. If you got in my my personal my my personal space, my dance space was a lot more than most people's dance space, and so I I didn't want to be that person anymore. So I stopped telling myself that, and I, I was like, I am this person. There's no other there's no other way to be. And then I remember it, it hit me when it just I got up on stage the first time I talked on stage and put a microphone to my mouth. I was like, I'm this person. Yeah. Here, I had nothing. There was no anxiety. There was nothing, and it just—it was like this. Wow, I really am this person. But I left myself no other choice. So, but that was the. There was an awakening piece of that to me, where I was really like, "Wow, it it, it happened, and this crap really works, right?" Just we always say that this this stuff works. Hi, Pamela. Yes. How's everybody? Good, good. All the better for seeing you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Did I walk into the six foot tall room? I come in and Amina's talking about <laughs> six foot tall intentions. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing my self image. <laughs> I'm six foot two. I don't know how you guys measure me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, when Dr. Garrett was just speaking, I thought um, I just had a conversation with someone just a little bit ago when we were talking about how your intention sets where your attention goes, mm -hmm. your, your intention. And if we're not purposeful of setting our intention, then the intention goes to what we're paying attention to, which normally if we're honest, isn't something we should be paying attention to. It's going to take us down the wrong road, right? So with self-image, self-development, that I am statements, right? Like we have to make that decision, conscious decision to set the right intention so we pay attention. Oh, that's high. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so important what we pay attention to is what we're pulling to us. It's what we're gonna see manifest. So we have to ask ourselves the question, what am I thinking about? What am I focusing on? And with those I am statements, I always say I am, those are the two most powerful words in the universe because of what follows it. And where are we intentionally directing ourselves today? Wow. I came in at the right time. This is so powerful. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Yeah. You know, with that being said, Pamela, what was a time for you, you know, when you built up your self-image uh, to match, you know, what it is that you wanted to be, do, or have? Oh, my goodness, Kadisha. I think it's an everyday thing, you know, like, I, seriously, I think it's everyday thing. I don't know about anybody else, but if I don't set that intention and continue to renew my mind to that, that committee, right, 
tries to jump back in. Those paradigms, as Bob Proctor says, they fight, right? Oh, they fight. But if I could like point my finger at one time, there was a time when I was told, and many of you know that story, that um, as, a, as a woman in leadership and a woman in faith circles leadership, that that was not my place. And that was just go home, little woman kind of attitude. You know, you are a joke. Those were the words that were said to me. You're a joke. And you can, because you're a joke, because you're a woman, because you're blonde, because, 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 you can't achieve any of these things. Nobody's going to listen to you. And I really had to, well, dissect that and not dissect the statements because people can say whatever they want to say. It's their choice, right? They can say and think whatever they want. But I had a choice as to what I was going to say and think what I wanted. What did I want? And, and I knew, I know in my knower is what I like to say, you know, what I was yes. here to do. And I want to leave this earth whenever that time is, long, 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 long time from now, empty, helping as many people as I can along the way. And so for me to answer that question, I would say I had to look at that statement and say, well, if my mission in life, which is to add as much value to as many as I can, as long as I'm here, then I have to be in a position to help as many people. And that's not going to happen if I did what all of those supposed important people said to do. If I did what they said, how was I going to add value? I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here today. But I think it's a continuous, ongoing, constant space repetition, right? That we have to do every day if we're going to, like that statement that was just popped up there, a Facebook statement, if we're going to die empty. That means we've poured it all out. No regrets. We lived. We fulfilled our calling. We've done what we were supposed to do. I love that. You know, like doing what you're supposed to do and aligning, you know, aligning yourself, which brings up the the next portion of this is the importance of creating a self-image or even a, a new self-image. You know, like how do you all feel about that of cr the creation process of that self-image? I think my outtake on that, um, and you know, when we go through that, there's exercises that we do, right? That we are like, okay, well, if this is the person, and when I was developing my goal, and within, you know, through thinking and results, we're we're establishing. I would we say I always say start from the end. So we have, we're living from the end, but we have to start from the end one because where is it we're trying to go and. Um, yes, the journey is important, but the destination I have to have to argue is as equally as important. Otherwise, it's just the journey. But we we're just we can't just run aimlessly all the time. If we have a purpose or a passion to do in life, we have to go for that, right? So, and I'm not saying that running around aimlessly is bad. Sure, the scenery is great, but where are we going in life, right? And so we have to start from the end. Well, then in our mind, if we're looking at that goal, if it's a C-level type goal, if it really is something that we have no idea how we're gonna get there, and the whole idea is of a goal is to cause growth, well, cool. 
then who do I need to grow into? And so that to me was the next step is I have the goal. What does that avatar look like? What does that person look like? So if you're, if you're, and we say this too, like if you're gonna, well, if you wanna be a billionaire, what does a billionaire look like? What do they do in their lives? What are their activities? What are they, and we mimic those activities. We look at their characteristics. We look at all the things that they wanna do. And so you guys know, I don't know if they, everybody else knows, but I like Wayne Dyer to me is like, he's just, he's just the coolest cat ever, right? He's just the way he talks. He's so calm and yeah. he's not, he doesn't, he does and not nothing against anybody who gets excited and yells and screams or whatever, but that's not me. Right. My message mm -hmm. is across with just me. Come being on, this cool, calm, collective kind of guy. That's just how, how I, how I like to roll. So I started really watching what he was doing so much to the point that I'll, I'll point out some things about Wayne Dyer that you may not realize unless you really start watching what he does. But when he talks, he does this a lot, mm -hmm. right? makes his hand so watch how i talk i use my hand and i and because i wanted to embody that person so i looked at all the characteristics well if that's the kind of motivational speaker mentor whatever i wanted to be then i really just wanted to embody that person so we have to look at that this is creating that self-image but I, I i found though that and this is why I say this all the time, that all these little things about Wayne Dyer and other people that I was really trying to embody that I wanted to, I wanted to be like, I've really started to, to see that that's who I already was, right? Because I already was this, this cool, calm, collective kind of guy. I don't, I don't get riled up. I mean, I get mad and I, I can yell and, and will scare the crap out of my kids when they get in trouble. But um, for the most part, I'm pretty just even kill. And I was like, well, that's me already. So all these things that I was really finding that I liked, just like Amina, when she was telling her story, the things that I really liked, I was already that person. Yes. I just needed to bring that part to the foreground and wear that outfit instead of all these other outfits, all these, the lies, right? The, the, mm -hmm. the anxiety piece, let's shed that, shed those clothes. I think I said this before, let's go shopping. Let's do something real. It really shows who it is we are. And that's creating that self image. And then when you get all that done and you start walking as if, or if you walk in line or you, you know, faith it till you make it, whatever that looks like for you, then you go, wow, I already was that person. I've always mm -hmm. been that person. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was the awareness and the awakeness, but you don't understand that till you start creating that avatar and you really just defining who that is and, and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Come on, Gary, you said a lot. One of the things that popped out to me that you just said, it was like, I wrote down, you know, cause I had this download while you're speaking. And it was knowing who you are and knowing who you aren't. Because when you know who you are, you know who you aren't. And when you know who you aren't, you know who you are. And it, it takes me back to a time when I was in college and um, I had a, a, it was in an internship with CBS. And during this time, you know, like they wanted me to write this article. So I wrote on the article. I did a little, you know, reporting. It was some simple about like the basketball games. And so what they were saying was, you know, basketball games run so late. The students are failing their exams. Now, like 10 p.m. in the college world is like 5 p.m. Let's be real. So the way that they were twisting the story was like, and now the kids are blah, blah, blah. And so I told him, I was like, but that's not true. And that's not what I wrote in, in the article. And it was that sense of integrity. And, you know, I have a strong self-image. I always have. And 
you know, like, cause I'm not folding for nobody and you don't get to tell me who I am. I know that the pen is in my hand. So you don't get to tell me who I'm supposed to be. And you don't get to tell me how I show up. I show up how I choose to show up. And so it, with that being said, he was like, well, you know, we're putting this article out how we spun it. And I was like, well, if you put that article out, how you spun it, and this is me at like 21, y'all. Like, I was like, if you put this out, how you spun it, take my name off of it. Because that's not what I said. That's what you said. So you can put your name on the article and don't put my name on the article. And so he's like, you know, like, why are you? And I was like, nah, see, this is why people think the news is fake. And now it's confirmed that it is because you're spinning it on whatever agenda that you want to versus the truth. And I do not stand for anything but the truth. So don't put my name on it. We're going back and forth. Like this 40 year old man is arguing with this college student about the truth. And I'm like, we take journal, you know, ethics and journalism and all these things. So you mean to tell me that my classes are wrong? And thank God, like my my teacher actually was a lawyer. So I told him, I was like, look, homeboy don't like me. So, you know, like I already know I'm about to fail this internship, but I'm telling you right now, I stand for truth and I'm not putting no articles with my name on it. And I told him the situation, he basically like waved it. Anyways, we get time to get feedback. Now I've been called a lot of names in my life. I've been called a jerk. I'm called a-hole. I've been calling all this other stuff. And I'm like, you know, I can accept that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll be that. You know what I'm saying? And it's okay because that means that's who I was to you in that moment. And I can accept that. Okay, cool. You know, but then when I got the feedback, <laughs> it makes me laugh to this day because he said on there, you're cocky and obnoxious as my feedback. Those are two adjectives that I have never heard about myself. And I just started laughing because I was like, look at you, 21 years old, out here shaking up these old people. You better stop, girl, you know? Because I always saw myself as like, during that time, I was everybody in journalism school called me the female Malcolm X because I used to show up and show out. And it was because I didn't agree with a lot of the things that the news industry was doing. But it was because I didn't like the image that they were portraying for people who look like me. And so I asked them in the middle of a huge journalism conference, I was like, why is it when it's somebody who looks like me, you call them a thug? Why is it when it's some Middle Eastern person, you call them a terrorist? And why is it when, you know, you, you, uh, somebody happens to a Hispanic person, now they an immigrant, illegal immigrant. Oh, but when it's you, it's about mental health all of a sudden. Now, all of a sudden, we got to be conscious of the language that we use because now the image looks like you and you don't want to banter. No, call it for what it is. He shot up the school and you're going to call him a thug or a terrorist. Call it for what it is. Keep your rules consistent. And you could hear like a pin drop in the room and flies flying when I said that. And everybody was holding. They were like, no, no idea. Shh, shh. And I'm like, nah, like. No, let's address this because I'm not about to sit here and have empathy for people who don't care about other people's self-image. And that's not okay. You don't get to deteriorate my self-image 
while upholding yourself to a different standard. That's not how that works, baby. That's not how that works. So if you want to hold other people to a certain standard, make sure you hold yourself to that standard. And when you have the image or whatever it is that you're creating for others, make sure that you create that image for yourself. And it was just like, it's like they never heard that before. And that was the day that I quit the news industry and I walked away. And I was like, if I ever come back, it's going to be my own podcast. It's going to be my, and this is before podcast was out, but I was like, it's going to be my own TV show. It's going to be my own whatever, because I need to control the narrative because they be lying. And so it's just like, I say all this to say, when people call you a name or, or say something about you or show and present yourself in a way that is unacceptable to you, it is your duty and your obligation to not change, but stand up for yourself, which is why I came on the show with this niqab on today. Because somebody got my self-image messed up and decided to put an image of me without my permission with my hair showing. And that's completely unacceptable because you have never seen me without my, without my religious attire on, except unless I choose that. You don't get to choose the narrative. I choose that. And that's so important that you stand up for yourself. And when you have an, a certain image about yourself, you stick to it and you don't fold. And however you need to protest that or, or be nonviolent and whatever it is that you need to do, do that because you need to stand up for yourself. You worked your tail off to become who you are and you don't allow anybody to come up to you in an instant and mess up that self. It doesn't matter if you're sorry for it or not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You still have the obligation and the duty to stand up for yourself and the self-image that you've created for you. Now, if you're being a jerk in the process, that's a different story. Or you don't have those positive intentions, that's a different story. But don't allow other people's ignorance to be an ex to excuse poor behavior. Preach. That was amazing. I love that. But it, it, does anybody else want to say something? Because to that, I, cause I what I love about what she she said, and it's it goes into creating this right. When we create this, take care on who you're creating. Take care and make it make sure it it's backing by something that's powerful and not just some willy-nilly type thing, right? Because if this is a self-image that you are creating, you you better want to die for this self-image. And this is really what I, like, what Hadiza was just saying was so powerful. And don't let people take that away from you. Don't let people say, well, this is the person I want to be. Well, that's never going to work for you. Or this is that, or this is that. No, you do you. You make that be, you become the most, your most powerful self, your higher self. It has nothing to do with what other people are saying about you. And then stand up for that. Back that with, with the full intention, as, as Pamela was saying, who is it you're intending to be? And make that intention very powerful because that's like, we have this one life. So make it count. Make it count for something, right? You, you have to make it count, Dr. G, you have to make it count. And, you know, thank you for Khadija for just like sharing and being so transparent. But, you know, just going back to the importance of creating a self-image, it is pinnacle. It is so pinnacle to your growth. 
because not only do you embody that person, but you are that person. And it's it's the most creative process that you go through. It's really exercising that imagination, using your perception, just really going through all those different higher mental faculties and saying, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw on this part of me. I'm gonna draw on this part of me. I'm gonna start acting as this, as if this is happening. And for me, like, it is so much fun. It's that imagination island. And you guys know I love imagination island. I love being there. Like Kudita just says, imagine. And it just, like, it just takes me on a whole magic carpet ride. Like I am gone. I'm like, let's see the world. Because everything you imagine comes to fruition. Everything you imagine comes to life. And imagination is where everything begins. That's the start, starting point of creation. So when you're writing yourself image and you're imagining this person, you even if you don't know it, you create these images in your mind of who that person should look like, how they should behave, how they sound. And even like what Dr. G was saying, he even started to, you know, use part of um, Wayne Dyer's self-image with the hands, like really pouring that into your own. And I would just encourage people to create a vision board of your of your self-image. Like what? who are the three top people you want to be like? You know, and take part of their self-image, take little bits. Okay, what is this characteristic? What is the, what is the uh, way that I want to behave? And it's not just imitating that person, but it's really building that into who you are. So if you don't have a good self-image, the good news is you can always change it. That's the best news of all. You can never outperform your self-image, but honey, you can change that. You can change it. <laughs> Next. <laughs> that is so powerful. You can change it. Next. I love that. <laughs> next you know seriously bye-bye right i'm reminded of this of the old statement to thine own self be true and you know if you're not true to yourself who's going to be if you're not true to yourself right and so self-image really has to start with to yourself being true and creating that self-image of what you really want and who you really are it's already in you anyways right it's liberating so liberating to just be me the best version the next best you know what and there's another one coming tomorrow a new version that i haven't seen yet because i'm not in tomorrow yet right so uh, you know hearing from all of you today I'm like, hey, Khadija's talking about being me. And Dr. G is talking to us about the, and the what I grabbed from that was just em, embodying who, without fear, who you are, building that up. And then that whole imagining, imagine, imagination island, let's go. Like, but that's so liberating, everybody, at least for me, my whole trip to come to terms with who Pamela is and how she sees the world and the things she needs to change, the things she needs to embrace, like to yourself be true because 
it starts right here. And then we can help everybody else. You can help all those people that are assigned to you in your world, but you can't be that effective blessing to them the way you could be if you're not first taking care of your own self. Thank you, everybody. Yes, take care of your own self. And I really like how you gave a synopsis on everybody's, like what everyone said. And, you know, like one of the one of the last points of just today, because it's been 55 minutes already, y'all. Uh, one of the last points today is how self-image aligns us to our goal. So um, what do you all think about that of how do we, how do we allow our self-image to align us to our goal? How do we become that person? Don't fight everyone, don't fight. <laughs> I think, um, well, I mean, if, if, we just, if we just go back to all the pieces that we were talking about, you know, from this, this kind of brings it back full circle again. We always go for circle. <laughs> always connect the dots. I love connecting dots. So if we if we come back around and we just say, all right, cool, um, we have to. I, I was saying that we have to start from the end and then build that person and and then walking as if or walking, you know, stepping into living from the end. All that. That's that's the alignment piece, right? And but I think it's the constant. I love that there was a piece that Pamela said too that really is this is this it's the part of, of, of practice, right? Taking our belief. So we we have this belief of who we are, but every day setting that intention that that's who I am. This is this is how I'm walking in line with that. This is how I'm aligning myself as a self-image. And when we do that, right, that's that's how that to me. When we start talking about laws of attraction and laws of, of vibration, all these laws, that it's, it's alignment, right? We're, we're bringing ourselves in line with the goals that we want. We're raising our vibrational state to be in line with that. And so, but that's the power of practice. We believe this, that we are this person, right? We believe that we've created this person. That's who I'm going to be. And every day we wake up with the intention of being that person. Like I was saying earlier, I would get out of bed go make hot. It didn't matter what I was doing. I was that person. I full in belief of that is who I am now. And there, I have no other choice. And every day was very intentional. That's in line that, and just when you start to do that, I, I went through puberty. I swear when you start to do that, <laughs> um, you become in line and you just watch how everything <laughs> just unfolds for you. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, y'all. I had a, throw, a little squeak there. We but, witnessed it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> Doctor G. <laughs> what? It's true. I haven't squ squeaked in a long time, but I did right then. <clears throat> I must have been really excited. But to me, that—that's really how the alignment works, right? And that's what brings that. That's what brings that goal into into existence, into fruition, into uh, when you realize that is when you wake up that day, right? When that day when Hadijah was was like, I can't be my true self on this on this stage and I could be my true self on this stage and and you could be Shaniqua, right? In 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 real time and and Pamela can be the leader of the people that she was called to be. You've achieved that goal. You've literally stepped into that person, and that's that's where the alignment comes. It's, it's the realization. 
Yes. I, I, I totally, I feel that when you're saying that, Garrett, like it doesn't just, those just aren't great sounding words. Like I feel that, do you all feel that? What he's saying? Like you need to embody it. I mean, I need to embody it. I'm, I'm talking to the choir, preaching to the choir here. You guys all know this. We have to embody it. And so self-image and goals, like I am the goal. You know what I'm saying? You know, we, the, the, there has to be this, the two have to become one there. And we have to see ourselves there, which is where we get the act as if, and it's not all of that, you know, just pretend, make-believe land. This is reality. And what are we choosing? Are we choosing that it's somewhere out there, somewhere out there, it'll, you know, or, or are we seeing it as if it is today? Which Pamela am I gonna be today? The one that is living in a hope for tomorrow or the one that is living in the in the knowing of now that I don't have to wait for tomorrow. You know, like there is a whole different way of grasping that. So for me, that self-image, Khadijah, that question that you asked us about and the goal is they have to be united. They have to be united. I can't achieve a goal that I can't believe in myself to, to obtain. So the, they they have to be in a line and, and, and hopefully we're not lowering the goal. We're raising our, our image to meet the goal, not going the other way, right? Like to work on yourself, to thine own self be true, to achieve that. What does it look like to be that person in that? What is it? taste like, smell like, look like, feel like, go to that imagination island. What is it? And then embody that, all those words that Dr. Garrett spoke like that, except for the puberty thing. <laughs> Sorry, just had to say it. Um, you don't know. That was funny. That was great. Um, but we all just need to be the image, be the goal. That's who you are. It's what you're put here to do. Rise to the occasion and be you you're really good at being you but be the real you Whoa. <laughs> i was just breathing all of that in like be the real you and that is something i had to really learn like i had to practice that a lot because it was just giving myself that permission to say I'm enough. Like, I don't need to worry. I mean, it doesn't matter about what measurements, what standards. Like, I'm really enough. And for me, the goal and the self-image run parallel. So your goal is here and it will draw out the best self-image of you. And it will, and you start to run parallel to this self-image. And you're like, oh my God, this is like a mirror of my best version. Oh my God, wow. And it just draws you closer every single day, draws you closer, draws you closer until you just, like you said, Garrett, like you wake up, you are that person. There's no, there's no more, there's no more like embodying, but to, to what, to one moment you do have to feel, feel like you are, you are that person. And then you get to wake up and be that person. Like it's so incredible. And the power of actually having a goal, having a self image is so, so transformational. And I would just encourage anyone, if you haven't written that down, you need to do that today before you go to sleep and then feel that person. Like that's the power of the life script. It doesn't matter what the outside world says. You get to choose. You get to decide. You live from the inside out. 
And when you have that goal that makes you the best version of yourself, everyone else wins. We all win because we get to enjoy the best version of you. And that's really what it is, like bringing more of yourself to the party and being okay with that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, bring more of yourself to the party. Not you. <laughs> yeah. Bring I didn't yourself. say any contagious, though. <laughs> Hey, we, hey, we look, your girl be on imagination all day, every day. You know, I used to be the type where I used to go to the bar and wait for my friends to get drunk because it gave me the excuse to actually like be sober and be normal. And so many people are looking for permission to express themselves and to be fun. Like, you don't got, I don't need no substance to do that. Like, you know, and it's just like, you are growing in your goal. You are growing in your goal. You're not going to your goal. You're growing to your goal. And I say this because I remember when I was training for a half marathon and I had lost so much weight that I didn't know who I was looking back in the mirror. I was like, yo, where did the rest of me go? Like, but I was so concentrating on this goal that I wasn't like, I had always wanted to lose weight my whole life. I always wanted to be smaller and all these things, but it wasn't until I had that goal and it was a huge goal. And I was like, okay, I'm going to work out. I need to make sure I'm running. I need to make sure I'm doing this. And I'm very task oriented. I'm not about to show up to no race, no competition, no nothing. Now for me, it was just, I was at competition myself. Can I do this? I had never ran a half marathon before. Can I do this? And when I said yes and made the decision, I knew, okay, it's time to train. It's time to wake up even when you don't want to wake up. It's time to work out when you don't want to work out. Because guess what? I'm already on the last day. And in order to be there and you need to get fit, I don't care if you hurt or whatever it is you do. But in that process, I grew physically into a different person. I think because we're physical beings having a spiritual experience, so often it's easy to look out. And so when we look out and we see this image, it's, it's like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. I was just looking to grow to see if I could do this mentally, right? Because what I was focused on was I need to increase my endurance. I need to increase the amount of miles I'm doing. I need to increase, right? But as I'm doing this, I'm physically changing. And so now I've done met my weight goal. I met all these different goals that I had before, uh, but it wasn't my intention to meet those goals. My intention was to achieve the distance, right? But all those things came with it. And so in your goal, because we're in this case having mental growth, your evidence is going to be what appears outside with the people you are around. So if the people you are around don't change as you growing, you might have not grown, my sweet dear. Because if the changes around you is like, oh my gosh, I'm losing friends. I'm lo Excellent. You know why? Because you're aligning yourself to the people who you need to meet in order to be that goal. And so with that being said, that's all I got to say about the alignment to the goal. Does anyone else have anything to say? I want to wrap this up real quick. All right. So thank you all so much for joining the Millionaire Lifestyle. Be sure to go to jtlive.com. We have an amazing five-day ultimate success accelerator where we are quantum leaping your income and amplifying your success on August 2nd. 
through August 6th. So be sure to go down below jtlive.com and get yourself registered. We are looking forward to seeing you. On the first day, we're going to have so many amazing speakers. We have Sonia Ricotti coming from for us about the, she's a bounce back expert. We have Doug Dane coming at us from the PGI, you know, sales team teaching, just teaching us just He's amazing and phenomenal at everything he does. We have Alicia Little coming at us, and she's a marketing expert. Then we have Mr. John Tallarico himself coming at us as the world's top results coach. And we have the godfather himself coming at us, Mr. Les Brown, who is the greatest motivator and speaker on the planet. So it's going to be an amazing week, an impactful week. So be sure you visit jtlive.com, get yourself registered, and we look forward to seeing you there. All right. Bye, guys.